welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 25th of March 2018, entitled Hindrances of Satan, Part 3, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-20. to Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 1 Thessalonians. Of course, if you have uh, been around Bethel very much, you know that... Uh, do a lot of series around here because it's hard to take a sermon uh, a lot of times and do one thing. And we've we've come to this that we've been doing for the past few weeks because following our conference that we had in February, and of course the passage that you see on the screen before you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And of course that's what our conference was all about, being strong in the Lord and the power of His might the advantage of believers of Him fighting our battles for us, not trying to fight them in ourselves. And of course, that putting on the whole armor of God that we find there. Twelve years prior to the Apostle Paul writing that passage in Ephesians, which was the theme for our conference, he wrote the book of 1 Thessalonians. And as he wrote to the church at Thessalonica, I want you to realize and remember, all of God's Word is God's Word. It is inspired. It is breathed by God through individuals. But God uses those individuals for who they are. The Apostle Paul was writing out of experience when he tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In that same passage that he's teaching us how to be strong, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, his trickery that he would bring against us. Well, here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I invite you to stand for the reading of, of, of God's Word. And let's read these passages, beginning in verse 1. He says, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. Paul hadn't gone there. It wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. It hadn't been easy. hadn't been easy for them to get there. It hadn't been easy getting to Thessalonica, and there was much contention while he was there, but they had been faithful in preaching the gospel. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, not a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ." But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you 
the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses. And God also helped holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye should walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause we also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually or effectively, if you would, worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. They please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that we have this privilege of not only being here in this place today, but, Lord, having before us the Word of God which you have preserved for us, the Word of God, Lord, which we now have before us, recognizing that, Lord, if, if it is to find a resting place in any heart today, it's going to be you that will do that work. But Father, we pray that you would do that at this time. Save the lost. Restore the backslider. Build up, challenge, encourage, do whatever is needed for your children here this morning. And do it all for your glory and for your honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We recognize that as the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, we find that... There were many things, many battles that had had to be fought. Things had not been easy. But yet in all of this, the thing that kept coming through was their preaching of the gospel. They never let all the problems and the challenges and everything, the preaching of the gospel to these people, which had changed their lives. But they're also letting them know the place in their heart that they have that they genuinely care about these people, and even that he would have come to them time and time and time again, except he said there in verse 18, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Now we said, okay, there's a lot of reasons that we want to, to understand and, 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 and grasp, but the Apostle Paul is, is making it known here to the church at Thessalonica that there were times that they would have preferred to have been there with them, encouraging them and showing their love from them, 
But Satan had hindered them. We need to realize that if Satan hindered the Apostle Paul, he can hinder us. It was 12 years later that he wrote this passage that hopefully has become very familiar to you here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 when he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's saying you need the armor of God so that you can stand because he doesn't want you to fall, okay? In our own strength, in our own power, we can't stand against the wiles of Satan. But we need the armor of God upon us. We need a strength that is beyond ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And he tells us why. And this is real. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, knowing our battles. I mean, the apostle Paul in writing to the church at Thessalonica, he was telling him about a lot of the flesh and blood battles that they had had to, to fight here and what people were doing and all these things that were coming against them. He's writing to this church. He said, hey, you need to be strong in the Lord. You need the power of his might on your life. You need that because you're not wrestling just against the, the flesh and blood of this world. You're wrestling against the powers of darkness. You're wrestling against a power that is, that is beyond human power, the principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, if that's the case, understanding that, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. I mean, all of this. He said, you need to pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Everything that we've read here is about how that he spoke boldly of that gospel. But Paul is making it clear, look, I couldn't do, I couldn't write what I did to Thessalonians. Yes, there were times that Satan hindered even me. You need to understand, we don't have to fear the enemy, but we need to know the enemy. He's saying we need to put on the armor. Why? So that we can stand. That's what this whole passage is about, is so that we can be strong in the Lord, the power of his might, standing against the enemy, standing against whatever that he throws with us. We don't have to fall, but we need to understand our enemy. 
And that's why we've been looking at these few weeks, okay, in a very practical sense, we understand this, we know all of this. If Satan was able to hinder the Apostle Paul, how might he hinder us? Now, I gave you three things. You can go back and look at the first couple or listen to the first couple of sermons once they're up online if you want to. But we needed to be reminded of some facts about our enemy. Three things I gave you. First, the reality of his presence. The reality of his presence. Job 2, 2, and the Lord said unto Satan, from whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Satan's presence is here in this earth. It's the power of the darkness is here that we need to worry about. Not only the reality of his presence, pretending he's not there is not going to do the trick. The realm of his power. We just read it. For well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a battle. We need to absolutely recognize and remind ourselves Satan is real, and we are in a battle of him. That's what we need the power to stand against, the reason for his program. Why is Satan doing what he's doing? 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all things that is called God. That's how he got booted out of the heaven in the first place, by trying to exalt himself to a place that was equal or above God. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. He opposes everything that is called God or that is worshipped. <laughs> he doesn't want you to be able to give God his rightful place in your life so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Satan wants to become God in your life. He's the one that wants to be in control of your life. He is the one that wants you to look to, and he comes in all kinds of different shapes and forms, but we need to understand why. Because he opposes God and everything that is God. He wants to be in God's place. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The Bible says that's all he came for, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He also says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Letteth means to hinder. He that now hinders will hinder until he's taken out of the way. He will continue that battle. We will be in that battle until, first of all, the Lord Jesus comes back and we are out of here at the rapture. When we meet him in the sky, we won't have to worry about him anymore, but he's still going to be fighting his battle right here on earth through that seven years of tribulation. He's still going to be very real until at the end of that. <laughs> When we come back with the Lord Jesus to this earth, and when Jesus takes Satan and binds him and puts him in that pit, and he is bound for 1,000 years, for 1,000 years, this earth will finally know what it's like to be here without Satan's presence. He'll be bound. He will continue to hinder. He will continue to hinder as long as he's here until he's out of here. Only Jesus can take him out of here. You know, one of the most amazing things about it all is at the end of that thousand years, when Jesus 
has been sitting upon the throne for a thousand years? Do you realize that even then, as soon as Satan is released, what does he do? He comes back, he begins to raise his armies, and he stands up against God. God will put him down finally. When Satan, the beast, the false prophet, (laughs) they'll all be cast into the lake of fire. Folks, the battle is real. The power that we're talking about is the powers of darkness. And the purpose is to thwart the purpose of God, which is that souls can be saved. The gospel, that's everything that Paul was pointing, and he will continue to hinder. He will continue to do that until he's taken out of the way. Now, remember this. We don't have time to go back and preach it again. We saw, first of all, what, how does Satan hinder? One of the most important things that he wants to hinder is what we just read here. The Apostle Paul said in verse 16, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Satan hinders the sinner from coming to Christ. There's nothing. If you're lost, there's nothing that Satan would rather do. He's come to kill, to steal, to destroy. He wants to thwart the work of God. The greatest purpose that God has for you is that your sins can be forgiven, that you can become his child, that you can have everlasting life. Satan will do everything he can to stop that. We looked at all those things, the learned crowds, the secular crowds, the religious crowds, the spiritual crowds even, all those things that he's used in Scripture to hinder people getting to Jesus. He wants to hinder people getting to Jesus. Secondly, we said that Satan wants to hinder, first of all, it's the sinner that he wants to keep from coming to Christ. And then secondly, he wants to hinder the sinner and the saint, the believer and the unbeliever, the saved and the unsaved. He wants to hinder you from being in a church that is preaching the truth. We looked at all that, folks. He, he could care less. If you want to go to church every day of your life, not just on Sundays, you go right along. As long as they're not preaching the gospel if you're lost, <laughs> he'd love for you to sit there and feel like you're all good and you're all fine and you're, 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 you're right with God and the whole time you're lost and on your way to hell. He loves that. And believer, he would love to hinder you from being in a church that will stand upon the truth. There are no perfect churches. If you're looking for one, you'll look to the day you die and you'll still not find it. We're all a bunch of imperfect beings, but we try to come together as the body of Christ. Our commonness is in him. We've been talking in our, in our Bible study talking about the importance of truth. It's vital that we come together upon the truths of God's word. He's true. He has imparted that truth to us in his word. Satan, we looked at some of those things. Satan wants to hinder you from being in a church that will preach and teach the truth. You don't care if you go to one of those other places, but whether you're saved or whether you're lost, he wants to keep you away from the truth. I want you to look at something else. You see, we're talking about how to stand, not how to fall, not how to be defeated, but how we can stand, how we can be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, we need to know our enemy. The sinner, we know he's wanting to hinder you from coming to Christ. He wants whoever you are, lost or saved, he wants to hinder you from being in a place where the Word of God is truly being preached and taught. Thirdly, Christian, this one's only for you. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12 in our reading, he said that ye, the believer, would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Why do you call yourself a Christian? A Christian. You've heard me say it many times. They were called Christians first at Antioch, not because they said, I'm a Christian. They were made, being made fun of because of the teaching. They'd been there, the, the apostle had been there for a year, preaching and teaching the Word of God daily to these people. They started calling them little Jesuses. <laughs> You're followers of that Jesus. It was meant in a nasty way, not a, not a positive way. It wasn't meant as a, as a compliment. You see, what they were doing, the life they were living, others took up this name and called them because they identified them with Jesus Christ. How many people looking at your life, if you never opened your mouth and you never said, I'm a Christian, how many people looking at your life and who you are would identify you as a follower of Jesus Christ because of who you are and what you're doing, not because of the words that you're speaking? You see, I promise you, Satan wants to hinder you from being consecrated to Christ, set apart to him. He wants to hinder you from walking worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and to his glory. He doesn't want people. I've said it over and over, and I hope that I never quit saying it. Your purpose in breathing and living is not so that you can just enjoy life and enjoy the things of this life. I hope you do enjoy life. I hope you do have nice things, but that's not why you're here. That's not why you're living. That's not why you're breathing. If you're lost, you're still alive by God's grace so that when you check out of this life, it's not forever. He wants to give you life everlasting. And if you are saved, you better grasp and understand if your life is going to mean anything than just the shallowness that this world can give you, then your life has got to be lived for him. Your purpose is that the work of Jesus Christ can be carried on. How much of Christ's work was carried on in your life this week and this month? We just go through life doing all the things that we like doing, that we enjoy doing, and if there's a little bit left over from him, okay, you better understand, there is a spiritual battle going on for you. And the enemy... He wants to hinder you. He can't stop you if you're already saved. He can't stop you getting to heaven, but he can stop you. He can hinder you from letting Christ be seen in your life because he can hinder others by coming to Christ. You see, it all comes back to the gospel. He can hinder others. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If it's that which needs to be seen in your life, it's so that the lost can come to Christ. It's so the only difference that's going to be made in this world is the difference that Christ makes. We look into Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we find these words. He says in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I plead with you. I'm begging with you by the mercies of God 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He doesn't need your old dead sacrifices. He doesn't need those things that don't matter. Believe it or not, he doesn't even need your money in the bank. <laughs> now, God will bless you if you give to him. God doesn't have to have what you've got. He doesn't want your dead sacrifices. He wants a living sacrifice. He wants your, your life. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We talked about this. You, you, I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you go anywhere in the Bible, it ties into everybody else. What were we talking during Bible study for the last few weeks about how to be acceptable unto God, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, acceptable unto God, approved unto God. It's that which we want God to be pleased with who we are and what we are. He says here, look, present your living bodies, your life to him, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure faith. I don't know why. It just, just reminded me, this, this passage, the, the first time that we, that we met the Alexandrians when we went to, uh, to Romania, this was the passage that the Lord had laid upon my heart for the youth meeting that we were having there in, in their church at that time. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world. Literally, he's talking about not to be pressured. I used the illustration as I took the Play-Doh and the, and the tennis racket and just you can just force it through there, and it has to conform to the shape. That's the only thing it can do. He's saying don't let the world pressure you into what it wants you to be. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy be ye holy as I am holy, he says. Satan wants to hinder that. Don't be pressured into being what the world wants to form you into, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Thinking differently. Why? Because of the word of God, because of what God gives us. The world doesn't have that. That's what will make us into something new. That's what Satan wants to hinder. He doesn't want you to be like Jesus. He wants you to be like the world. I remember reading the story one time of the pig and the chicken talking about being committed to the cause. And, uh, and of course, they were both committed to the cause of the farmer's breakfast. But uh, the pig looked over to the chicken and he says, yeah, he said, uh, he said it's okay for you. He said, uh, you know, said, uh, you've, uh, you've, made a, you've made a sacrifice, an offering to, to the farmer's breakfast, and that's a good thing. But he says, for me, it's a full sacrifice. <laughs> it's a full sacrifice if you can have that bacon. 
<laughs> the hen might give you the egg. You know, so many times, how committed are we to the Lord? He just said here, hey, don't let the world make you into what you're going to be. Be what God wants you to be. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. You see, <laughs> the devil's going to come to you to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The Bible says he's the father of lies. He's a liar and the father of it. <laughs> we find that he's going to come to you and, and he's going to tell you, well, something like, you know, sometimes he might say something like, well, you know, don't pay any attention to that mess. You know you're saved. You know you're going to heaven. You don't, you know, you know some, some of these people just want to carry this stuff too far. You know, they got, they got too much religion for their own good. He'll tell you all this stuff about, you know, that, 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 that's really a weird bunch over there. Look at all these other people that they, they claim the same faith. They're going to the same place. Don't, don't be messed up with those people that tell you that it's not just doing your thing and going to church, but that it really gets down to everything you are and everything you say. Christianity is 24-7. 365 point whatever days it is in the year. It's always who we are, what we are. Don't be pressured into what this world. Be conformed by the renewing of your mind. Think differently than the world does out there. There's only one place that you can go for that kind of thinking. But he's going to tell you that's not really important. I mean, you know, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. Just, just, just leave that other stuff alone. Don't let it go getting you all messed up in the head and everything. And a lot of people believe him. You remember, do you remember, oh, it's been, it's been a long time back now. I remember when we did a sermon on genuine saving faith and we talked about the narrow way and the broad way and all those things. You know, they all thought they were going to the right place. That's not talking about the people that want to deny God, that don't want anything to do with God, that don't want to go to heaven, that don't believe in any of that. This is talking about all the people that think that they're on the road that's going to lead them to something good at the end. But the Bible says about the narrow way, few there be who find it. That broad way, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. <laughs> you see, the devil will tell you, just look at all those other Christians. They're not, they're not getting into all this narrow-minded, crazy stuff. <laughs> Don't let it affect your life that much. Just go with the crowd. Well, I don't know if you want to go where the crowd's going to take you or not. <laughs> he might tell you it costs too much. It costs too much, and we're not just talking about money. But, you know, if you're going to live a life for the Lord, Apostle Paul is not talking about fighting this battle and being above all the problems. Everything that he's talking about from his experience and what he's later defining is the necessity of being armed for this battle, of being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It comes from experience of an awful lot of battles, an awful lot of struggles, an awful lot of people that didn't like who he was. I'm saying, the devil will tell you, it's not worth that. It's not worth it costing what your friends will think of you if you really live that kind of life. It's not worth 
what it will cost you. And you know me, I don't know if there's anything that we can have in this life outside of our relationship with the Lord Jesus that's more important than family. But you know, even brothers, sisters, and parents, and children can turn against you. That's just part of the cost sometimes of walking with the Lord. You love them no matter what. That's part of what we just, we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago and as we had the ashes of, of Jerry here before us. <laughs> and we talked about these, 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 this whole matter. None of us know. None of us know when that moment is coming. And some of the people that we love the most, they may deny the faith that we hold so dear. Don't ever stop loving them. Jesus loved them so much that it was while we were sinners that he died for us, folks. Love them with all your heart, but let the love of Christ be seen through you. He came to seek and to save them out of that. You're not doing them any favor. The devil will tell you it costs too much. Folks, does their eternity really matter to us? It's going to start with us. He wants to hinder your loved ones and my loved ones and your friends and my friends and your family and my family. He wants to hinder them seeing Christ in our lives. That doesn't mean, I mean, even Paul's making it clear here, I didn't come to you with all these fancy words and, and pretending to be holier than thou. You are who you are. You're a sinner saved by the glorious grace of God. Let them see you for who you are. He'll tell you you don't have time. <laughs> you don't have time. You don't have time to be re reading your Bible every day, praying every day. Going to church at least once a week, let alone twice or three times, God forbid. Who's got time for all that? You don't have time. You don't have time to spend and do the things that just might change your life and change your heart. We don't do what we do because we've got nowhere else to spend our time. We do what we do, and we're supposed to do it for each other, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. A lot of people are, and a lot of them say they're Christians, and a lot of them tell you you don't have to go to church at all. A lot of them will tell you, you know, oh, hey, if you make it every now and then, that's fine. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. If you don't need to be here, did you ever think about maybe being here for somebody else? What would our church be if everybody decided they didn't need it? <laughs> Exhorting one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day approaching? The very day he's talking about here. The Satan is working wide open because he knows his time is limited. Yes, the end is coming. But Satan, you better realize, okay, it's your choice whether you listen to him, whether you heed him, whether you allow him to hinder you or not. But you better understand, everybody that's lost in this world, he wants to hinder them from coming to Jesus Christ. And whether you're lost or saved, he wants to hinder you from being under the truth of God's word and gathering with those that would encourage you and exhort you and make you stronger and, God forbid, make you more like Jesus Christ. I don't need those other people. Look at them. I'm already better than they are. Exhorting one another.
part of the body. He wants to hinder you from being consecrated to Christ. He wants to hinder you from actually being like him. And he'll tell you all these lies. He might even just tell you, <laughs> you're getting too old for this stuff. Let somebody else do it. <laughs> ah, you're too young for this. Let the old people do it. <laughs> it's all right as long as you're letting somebody else do it. Somebody else can do those jobs. Somebody else can do those things for the church. Somebody else can do those things. Somebody else can go on the outreaches. I've done my, I've done my time. <laughs> like some sentence that you got. Maybe you've got to do so many years in confinement somewhere. You've done your time. You don't have to be out there anymore. You don't have to get out there on the doors anymore. You don't have to witness anymore. Let somebody else do it. I've earned my keep. It's time for me to sit back and be, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm too young. I've got other things to do with my life. Let those old people that are retired and don't have anything to do, let them do it. You've got an excuse for everybody. Why to let somebody else do it? I'm just saying, folks, we need to wake up because we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You better understand, God has gone to a great deal of trouble to make sure that you understand that there is a real enemy to understand the power, to understand what he's doing to you, what he's going to try to do to you, but how you can overcome him how that you can be the victor. You can't do it yourself. Don't believe that lie of the devil. He wants you, and he'll do everything he can to keep you from being consecrated to Christ. If you're lost, he'll keep you from coming to Christ. Whoever you are, he'll keep you from going to a church that's going to actually challenge where you live and preach the word of God in truth. Christian, He's going to do all he can to hinder you from being consecrated to Christ, for Christ to be seen in your life. All these things, it's all the little things that matter. You know, all my life, I've thanked God by his grace, but I've seen many fall. I've seen many fall from the seats out there, the pews, the chairs. I've seen many fall from the pulpit. And I don't think that I'm stronger. Matter of fact, some of those were much greater people than me. It's only by God's grace, God's power, God's strength that any of us, he's trying to tell us how to stand, how to stand for the Lord, how not to be taken down by the enemy. And he's teaching us what to look out. Our enemy is going to try to hinder you. He does hinder people in these ways, and he will try to hinder you. The Word of God is very, very clear on that. Where are you at today? Are you here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's only one person that wants to keep you from becoming a child of God today. That's this enemy that we're talking about. He will hinder you right now. He will teach you, start, try to lie to you in so many ways, put so many thoughts in your mind to keep you from coming to Christ. You might be here today. Maybe. Maybe the Lord's already dealt with you from some of these things. But maybe Satan's hindered you from being under the truth of God's Word. Maybe he's had you in the wrong place where the truth is not being taught. Maybe you've let things hinder you from being where God wanted you to be, from being committed. 
We need some pig commitment, not just chicken commitment. We need people that are committed to the cause, that are willing to give it all. Where are you at today? Are you committed to Christ in that way? Are you committed to your church? You may be here today and you don't even have a church home. Don't let commitment scare you away. Maybe you need to make a commitment. Maybe God has sent you here. He wants you to be part of this body. He doesn't want you out there having to fight the battle on your own. He brings us together to be a body together. Maybe God wants you here at this church. If he does, then we'll welcome with open arms. If God brings you, we want you. If you're coming without God, then just stay away, amen. <laughs> Go somewhere else. You're just going to be a headache anyway, amen. But we want you. If God sent you here for whatever reason, we want you to be a part of this body. Father, I thank you today. And, Lord, these are just things that we're looking at because we understand, Lord, we're not, we're not talking about ways that we can be defeated so that we can be defeated. We're talking about why we need to be strong in you and in the power of your might, how that we can, we can stand against all these tricks of the devil. And I hope that it's just that simple truth that we can understand here today that whoever we are, Satan is our enemy. For the unbeliever, he wants to keep them from becoming a believer. For everybody, he wants to keep them away from the place where that they can hear the gospel and grow and be strong one with another. For every believer... He wants to keep them from anything in their lives that would help them become more like Christ. It would set them apart from this world. When people see them in their lives, they would know that they're a follower of Jesus Christ. Speak to hearts as only you can. Help people be willing, Lord, to do whatever they need to do here today. We'll give you all the praise and thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.